Welcome to Live with Domery here at Domery Healthy and Fit. Today we have an amazing guest, Robert Joseph Deshays II. He is going to be coming on with us today to talk about his brand new book release, Blackjack 22 Modern Poetry. Stay tuned. Hi everybody, Robbie, Robert Joseph, welcome. Are you excited? Yay! Big day, big day. Super big, excited. Yeah. Super excited. Looking at, really excited. <laughs> Great. So, well, everyone joining us today, thank you very much for joining our live podcast. And if you happen to miss the show, you yeah, can thank you, you can follow up on my live podcast on Spotify and on Apple. It is live with Dom Marie. So let's get talking about your brand new book release blackjack 22 modern poetry yeah so it's available for sale everybody super super excited um two weeks two weeks it is two weeks yeah. okay by fulton books all right, awesome. So um, the publisher was Fulton Books. Yay. Yes, okay. And, yeah, published uh, by Fulton Books. Uh, published by Fulton Books in March. Okay. Uh, so it's now, now going to be available to purchase in two weeks from today. So last Friday I got my author copies. So I browsed through and made sure everything was perfect. And uh, I must say, it was pretty damn good. I was very excellently <laughs> surprised with the process. And uh, I've read it twice already. Good, and good. It looks great. It does look great. Um, I've read a few of the poems in between my busy schedule. And yeah, it's definitely it makes you have every emotion possible. Definitely relatable. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. It's a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions, but it will strike your heart and your own beliefs of how you're handling your everyday life of everybody out there in the world can totally relate to every single one of these poems that have been written by Robert. And yeah. um, why don't you tell us a little bit about who designed your cover, how that came about, and where you came up with the name Blackjack. 22. Yeah, so, um, you know, as we talked about a little bit last time when we were uh, going over the preliminary stuff, mm -hmm. uh, Blackjack kind of came about when I was writing in Paris, and the title itself, I kind of sat on it for a while. I knew I wanted to do a poetry collection, uh, so that's why I uh, sat on, on the modern poetry aspect, and what I wanted to do was make it more modern. Uh, rather than, you know, the classical bands of poetry, I wanted to do more freestyle. And in joining that uh, kind of two worlds, I could make it more about emotion. Because, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, all poetry is emotion, but I wanted to be about more like a journey, uh, more about a, a story rather than just, this is a poem, here's another poem. Because uh, if you read it front to back or back to front, it was the same story. And it's a story about me. I mean, this is the book is who I am. But it's also uh, a story for anybody who reads it. It could be highly about you. I mean, I break down, you know, the emotions everybody feels, and I break down a journey uh, wrapped up into each little passage. 
that's why some of the poems are a little bit long, you know, some of them go past the page, because each poem is kind of this beautifully artistic story. But going back to the title, uh, Black Knight 22, um, you know how we always feel like, you know, luck's never on our side, you know, you could be down and out one time, mm -hmm. and same thing as when you're playing a game of blackjack. Uh, you know, you hit that, you're supposed to hit 21. 21 is the number of blackjack. And um, if you hit 21, then you get the jackpot. But what if you're just one over? What if you're 22? So I went along with that for the title, which sounds like blackjack 22. Mm -hmm. There you go. It's that one, uh, one over. It's that you just missed it. It's the, it was almost there, but it's not. And that's kind of how the journey started. Because, you know, what the, as a, you know, upcoming writer, don't really know what you're going to expect when you throw your submissions out to these giant publication companies. Yeah, like, am I good enough to be out there? Um, and that's and that was kind of the, also the duality of the blackjack is like, oh, I'm throwing my cards out on the table, but somebody next to me might have better ones. Um, so there he goes, like the simple blackjack, uh, and then a nice little uh, gift too, kind of just worked out, I guess, in the universe in that crazy way. Is I turned 22 this year, and so 22 <laughs> is my first book. So that was a that was a cool little like universe bending like hey your first book is named after the year it actually came out so yeah that's, that's that. pretty cool are you gonna with that being said do you plan on titling your books by numbers of the year that you finished because I know that you have books already being edited through Fulton Books to be released next year so are you gonna put a title on them like this one's 22 what if you turn 23 and your next book are you at least just gonna title it kind of like that famous um singer every time she releases an album it's by the year she was the album was released Adele yes Adele. Uh, no, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna reserve the numerology for my poetry collections um, I have rough, a rough a rough outline with about 50 poems mm -hmm. uh, right now for book two, um, but I have so many other things on my slate right now that I'm putting priority to that uh, it's good. that'll probably wait. So, I mean, maybe down the line, like a Blackjack 26 or Blackjack 28, something a little farther down, uh, but I'm working definitely on my fiction more right now. Okay. All right. Well, we can get to that in a little while, but let's talk about um, Blackjack 22. So you wrote it while you were in Paris. You came back. Yeah. Um, the cover is incredible of the book. Um, with the Yeah, that was pretty cool. And then the back yeah. of the book yeah. is just, you know, spot on. Just super cool playing Blackjack, um, which is kind of like how our lives are every single day. We're always playing a game of cards per se with our everyday life because you just never know are you gonna hit the jackpot is it gonna be a little bit of an uphill battle um is it gonna come easy so the title is extremely intriguing to anybody that hears the name of the book blackjack 22 what is this about modern poetry all right yeah i definitely want to work you know hear this. So, who designed your front cover? So, Joseph, my brother, uh, Joseph Chase Photography, uh, amazing photographer. His eyes, where God is, like, from the heavens. Um, he, he and I, when we started this, when I was, like, actually submitting my manuscript, 
uh, I needed cover art. And uh, the best person I could think of was my brother. And I was like, all right, let's let's throw down mm-hmm. some cards on a table. Let's have like a cigarette here. Let's have some poker chips. And it kind of just came to the outage. Like, yeah. That's what happens. It just came together as this nice double splash page. So if you don't have the, if you have the cover in this, oh, it's, you know, just one day. Yeah. It's just so playing it cards. Folds over. Yeah. Just one, one solid table. Yeah, just one solid table. And then the binding, I really dig as well, the spine, because it's uh, perfect. And it looks, you know, it almost looks like a, a poker chip in itself. That's Plus true, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, I, you know, the design was, was really, really good. Great. Um, and then I've also noticed you have um, photographs to certain poems, and that was also done by um, Joseph Deshaies. Okay. Yeah. And there's there was a few he attached. So I commissioned and it was uh, basically when I had when I was writing the poem, I was thinking of a picture. I think mm-hmm. for every every one of the poems was a story, but I had a picture in my head of what I wanted to get put on. Yeah. So for example, uh, here's one called The Tragedy and the subtitle's falling and I have the photo by him, Theories on Contemplation. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just like, you know, this very beautiful photo of you just lying down naked thinking um you know where's my life going to go from this point on and that's part of the that's part of the poem tragedy it's about the falling like you jumping off the edge but you're not sure where the bottom's going to lead you to yeah that kind of stuff so and then, true uh, another one uh well this would this would probably be my one of my favorites is guilt so you know like the page of the uh, edge is fading in uh, and it's the this is like the why did you do it kind of or the why did I do it yeah so it can go both ways so you know you think and you down and it's just your you know you're draped in shadow um but the fading edges is kind of the, the biggest point of this photo is because it fades everything in and mm-hmm. then everything's going to come together at once so so that's one of them with uh, that being other. said would you mind reading that poem to us uh or why? The one? Yeah. Um, the one that you just showed us. The one where um, he's yes. kind of sitting down, but it's kind of fading off to the page. And if you tell me what page yeah, it is, I can pull it up and hold the photo. Page 13. Okay. Page so 13. we've got, all right. You go ahead and read, and I will hold the photo up so everybody can see. Ready? So this is the photo. All right. Go ahead. So this one's called Why. Subtitle is Guilt. Um, it's the the meaning behind the title is kind of like it's just the simple question why. So it can go in a lot of ways, but here it is. Why did you do it? How could you? I sit here, hands in my face, and I loom up. They're still there mocking me, flaunting your excellence and beauty over thy own. Who are you to think that you? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. It's my fault. No, wait. You're right. It is. I'm sorry. The endless apology continues on and on. It's a broken record at this point. I'm saturated in your condescending voice. You remain. I leave. Is that not how it goes? The blame resonates inside, and I carry it without pride. Wow. That's it. And then this is the actual photo right here that is a part of that poem so 
there is uh, relativity, not, re sorry, my brain is not working at the moment. There's, you can relate that the, the photos to throughout the poem really that's help you relate yeah, to, relate yeah, exactly. So that's a incredible. Of a lot of it's conversation too. It's mm -hmm. a mixture of a, a conversation with internal thought. And that's how like, you know, a story is told. You have your, you know, your inner monologue along with the dialogue. Mm -hmm. And this one is pretty much a one-sided dialogue. So yeah. who's ever reading it can be, oh, I've been in this situation before. It's the one-sided story uh, when so, you never get the two-sided. The two yeah. So that's definitely uh, a lot of the first part of the book. And why is that short little snippet of that kind of uh, conversation? That's so cool. And I love that you wrote it that way. And that um, throughout the book, you have photographs that help you relate to the poetry, the works, and then you also have drawings mm -hmm. also throughout the book. Yeah, and, there, and there's actually a reason. There's also a reason. What is yeah, the reason? There's a reason behind there's photos in the first half, and, and there's pictures in the second half. Okay, so explain that to our, explain that. photos in the first half. Yeah, so the photos in the first half are going to be basically the realization that it's already happened. This is where I am, this is where I'm at, or this is where I've been at. So as a picture of a memory, this is a memory in your mind. So that's why it's a physical, this is a photo, this mm -hmm. has happened, uh, I've been there, I've done that. And then in the second half of the book, it's a little bit more lighthearted, it's a little bit more hope. There's a little bit of fire blood, a little bit of fire poke. There's like this nice little kindling. And illustrations and paintings are always like something, you know, of to be to come. And that's why the second half of the book is illustrations. Because then it's your own interpretation of the future, your own interpretation of the day after tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I had it separated that way. So you can have the two stories. Because um, if you read the first 35, then you could be like, oh, this is one side story. You read the second half and it's a different story um but if you read it all together you'll realize it's the same story yeah so you know you can read it a bunch of different ways but that's the way i decided to make it is to have illustrations on one and photographs on the other that's incredible and um then your artist <laughs> who is yeah, your artist yeah, you, yeah, <laughs> from you so yes Robert commissioned me to do the artwork on the other side of what could be, what's to come. So there is some of my artwork in the book itself, which was an amazing journey um, between the, you know, the photographer, the artist, and the author. So it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. It was... It was the first part of it was very much so, because poetry is an art form, and word is an art form, and mm -hmm. it's a poetry book, so sure. I wanted actual art in the book just to amplify the words, because um, I'm a huge fan of graphic novels and comic books, and I believe that illustrations help bring words to life, yeah. so I made my first poetry collection an art book as well. That's incredible. Yeah. Congratulations. Just absolutely beautiful. I love that it is almost like pocket thin you could kind of say yeah, um that you can carry it anywhere it can fit in your briefcase you can have it at work you can go out to lunch it's just super super easy sorry my mm -hmm. fan is like it's 
so hot up in my studio. I've got my fan blasting on me. <laughs> Anyways, so um. No, it's okay. I have my window open. Oh gosh, the weather's been incredible. So during, let me ask you this. Um, you know, going through getting your book published, we went through a major crisis here in the world, the coronavirus. Um, while you are writing and all of your other books are being edited, how is that affecting you with your writing today? With what you're, what you're foreseeing, like for the future of your next novel, your next horror book, like where is that going to help you and, or has it inhibited you to, gosh, I don't know what to do at the moment. Um, not really. I actually got most of my work done during this time. Uh, it was kind of like the clearing because, you know, when you're stuck at home, what do you do? I read and wrote. Um, mm -hmm. And the, you know, the the times we live in kind of influence a lot of writers. Um, I generally don't like to write nonfiction or write in the time we're in. Mm -hmm. I write in towards the future. And I write of like what could be and uh, what's what's going to happen, not what's happening. Um, I know a lot of the present is definitely important to talk about, um, especially with the social inequality that's also going on. Um, and I'm a big advocate on that part. Uh, and you know, the coronavirus is there. It's a virus. It's, it's mm -hmm. going to be in the world. Can't really do much about it. So why fret over it if you're going to stay at home, protect yourself, protect others, when yeah. you go outside, mask. It's not a big deal. Um, that's all I can say for that. But in terms of my writing, it hasn't really impacted that much. I would say more of the other things that are going on in the world are impacting my writing more. Okay, so that could be just um, based on everything that's happened since 2020 began of everything going on in the world. We yeah. can't travel. We can't, you know, go one minute where we're leased and things seem to be back to normal and the next minute we're in lockdown again. And so I could see how that would impact a writer when you're home and you're listening to the news and you're moving forward. And it's kind of like, are we reliving pieces of history a little bit? Like being, yeah, trying I mean, to stay safe, but being forced to stay home as well. And yeah, I, I kind of feel like 2020 is definitely a year for authors to redefine or look towards the future for more of inspiration. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you're if you're a good horror writer, you will definitely uh, take what's going on in the world today and write it. But horror is more than just like, you know, scary jump scares mm -hmm. and gory scenes. It's a lot of psychological. And like you can write, you know, there are a few virus books out that I actually really would promote and love. Uh, really great because it focuses on the people rather than the like, entire scope and scale of the virus. And people are, are what drives me to write. Like I always love writing people. Um, and when I write my fantasy, you know, collections, my fantasy books, uh, I have this giant world that I can do whatever the hell I want in it. Mm -hmm. But I focus on my characters because the characters mean more to me because we like we are part of the characters. Yeah. And uh, that's how I would view it in terms of 
know, writing now. Uh, I mean, I definitely love the time to write and stay at home. Uh, I don't mind that it's a writer's life to sit at a desk and write. So uh, it's not really uh, too big of a deal for me. Uh, yes, I miss going out and getting food, but, you know, <laughs> at home. I mean, for now, yes, so true. Um, what is the biggest myth that people perceive of an author that you want to debunk? I mean, there's so many. You know, every time you, you, you talk to somebody uh, and you're like, hey, I write. Mm -hmm. uh, or when you introduce yourself, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm an author. Uh, and this is what I do, so I write. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're like, oh, that's so cool, I write too. And then I ask them, like, oh, what do you write? And they're like, well, I'm working on it. And I'm like, yes, that's a big thing. And I love the journey. Like, the big part is, like, first putting it together. It's the, I have an idea, I need to write it down. And I think the biggest thing that a lot of people uh, always confuse with writers is that it's honestly moment it just there's a light bulb like you'd be walking on the street and then you just have an idea and yeah if you don't write it down you forget it uh and i it's it's literally a lightning bolt like you don't know when the ideas will come they just will come at some point and if you don't write it down you miss something so for the biggest debunking i don't like if you think about it yeah you think about it to develop that idea but when you actually try to think of an idea to make it something it's really hard to make it into a story yes for my uh my experience and I've talked to a few other writers as well and it's definitely that like it comes to you and like I have my dream journal so I like wake up in the middle of the night if I have a dream that I need to write down for an idea uh, and it's very much so it happens when you're asleep or when you're walking or out the most random places and then the idea comes and then the important part is once that idea comes then you flush it out then you develop the idea into a story that you want to tell um, because not every story that you come up with something that necessarily needs to be heard or be told uh, so that's why it's kind of like we all have our stories but if they're important and we really believe they will impact other people's lives then I highly suggest you go ahead and put it to paper exactly exactly so if you have a young child come up to you at your first book signing and is just like wow this is the kind of author I want to be would you then advise them to really research and read multiple books because an author isn't just a categorized of you're just a poet because you yourself released modern poetry, but you also have a comic book series that is now released on Amazon. Yeah. Um, you are also a, a horror writer that is being published so your genre is not just the writer or the author you are an author of multiple levels of the world of life from yeah yeah, yeah. so what would you say to that young little boy that yeah, says I, mean, I love your comic book series I want to be a comic book writer would you say yes be a comic book writer or would you educate him Well, I would say, I'd say do it. I'd say if you have an idea, do it. Write it down and get to work on it. 
Um, mostly it's just about it's doing it. It's actually putting it on the page and getting it out there. Mm-hmm. And I and that's how I started. It's just it's, I've had ideas my entire life, but I've never thought to be like, oh, this is story worthy. Um, but then when you like sit down and actually just start letting the pages come to you, it, it turns into something that you know never thought. And I'm very much so like I, I plan very outish and I will tell a kid or uh, you know whoever came up to me at mm-hmm. say book signing like I love your work and I want to be a writer as well. I'd be like, do it, but put hope in it. Put hope in your work. Put yourself in your work. So if you don't put yourself in your writing, you're not gonna uh, you're not gonna like what comes out. That's like, so put true. Put parts of yourself. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to to put parts of themselves in a book because uh, they don't want the world to know like how they think or how they act. And that's why I like writing fantasy, because my brain is a weird place to live in. Uh, and I, have, and I, I have some really weird thoughts sometimes. And I like to just, but I can change that thought and make it into something, you know, beautifully crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like part of poetry. Like there's, there's a lot of beautiful imagery that Blackjack do that you would never have thought of. I like compare swamp to life and swamp to death. And I compare death to like sands on to grains on the beach. Like there's just a lot of uh, simple things that you can have great imagery from. Yeah. Uh, and then I love reading as well. So I read a lot of books, and I try. I generally like to read a lot of books because they help inspire ideas. Yeah. To be like, oh, I could have twisted that here and there and wrote it not necessarily better, but my own take. Because everybody has their own take. And if you notice, a lot of stories have the same story, but it's what matters in the author's voice, that uh, mm-hmm. the way you get the message across. Um, and Blackjack has like 75 messages in one book, but they're one story, so you can't yeah. really go wrong there. That's so um, true. And it's just to approach it. It's to approach it in a very creative, fun way. Don't think of it as a job. Think of it as a... Uh, this is something I want to do. This is something that I need to share. Uh, I believe in it. And if you believe in it, obviously it's going to come to life. And uh, if you believe in it and it comes out there and it gets published, then you're on your way. And then that's the beginning of the journey. Yes, exactly. But um, it's not just believe in that you can write a book. It's believe in yourself and continue to inspire yourself yeah. as you're writing. Because... There's days when you're writing that you think you're writing great, and then you go back and you read it two days later, and you're like, okay, that's definitely not going to go into the book. i got to rethink this. Because from one day to the next, our personalities and our persona of whatever is happening around us affects our writing. Yeah, definitely. And it's, uh, I like to surround myself with art. So whether it's literature, movies, good television. Mm-hmm. Uh, you I try can, to refrain from watching stuff that... Uh, there's one of the warriors wanted to ask how to donate to the um, Multiple Sclerosis Foundation. I believe you hit the button and you can donate from there. And it would go right to Multiple Sclerosis Foundation, not to me. I'm just the sponsor of it through all of my live episodes and my live podcasts. Thank you for um, donating. We really appreciate that support, um, Warrior Spirit. Yes, thank you. So, Robbie, um, 
with that being said, um, who do you admire most in your life as a author? Like if you were to teach in school and someone says, who was your greatest inspiration as an author? Who would that author have been? Uh, it's not one. Let's just put it that way. Uh, and I do want to teach older. I want to teach literature and I want to teach uh, words and writing to people because mm -hmm. I believe it's the best way to get your emotions and your mental state and your anger or your hope about the world onto a page for people to read it. But it's not one author. Um, I could go over a list of 15 that have definitely influenced my entire work. Uh, even my top five is, is, you know, big, big names. Um, so it's kind of hard to say. I've had so many. Uh, and I keep finding new authors. New authors keep popping out of nowhere and that I love. But if I had to, if I had to get a top five, it would probably be uh, Ed Brubaker, okay. Warren Ellis, Grant Morrison, Garth Ennis, and Neil Gaiman. Wow. And have you reached out to them? Do you plan on sending them a copy of your book? Yeah, I've reached out to a few. Mm -hmm. uh, I've reached out to a few of them. Uh, I follow their newsletters. And, uh, I respond, and we've had conversations before in the past. Uh, and that's the big thing about being a good author is you being able to talk to your fan base. And uh, as, for example, for my just two release books so soon, I've already started to grow a fan base and I've already started spreading my idea uh, and sharing it with others. That's and great. Uh, I've had a lot of good feedback already from sharing it. So I totally believe that, you know, we're not just because writers live in like a solace life doesn't mean we don't talk to people. That is very true. You're not locked up in the dungeon somewhere as you're writing. Um, I think there was a Johnny Depp movie, something about the window, and it was like a horror flick, but he was like locked up in a cabin in the middle of the woods. You're not locked up. You're able to go wherever you want to go and write whatever you feel like writing. Um, and that's a key thing also about when someone says, I've always wanted to write a book, how did you decide that you could do it? And it's really, like you said, putting words to paper, pen to paper, and continuing to write and moving forward and believing in yourself. And whether it gets published or not, you still wrote it. And you can self-publish today, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, and build uh, your following that way and then continue to move forward with working with big publishing house companies. So Danny asked a question, uh, do I sell my own books? And I do. Uh, so I recently published my first comic book, which is available mm -hmm. on Kindle. So you can actually, that was self-published. And uh, my friend and I are starting a comic imprint and we'll be selling comics through there. Uh, they'll start off as digital, and then they'll be going into physical print. So you can go to Amazon Kindle or Amazon.com and mm -hmm. buy my first comic by, published by me, uh, Adam and Eternity, issue one. Um, but my big novels, my big publications will be published through a top 10 U.S. publisher. Yes. So, yes, I do have projects that I do myself, and then I do have big projects that are published by a big publisher. Which is amazing, because that's what people need to hear. They... It, say they did write a book and they got a no and yeah. th that no yes. is kind of like 
oh, I'm not good enough. But it doesn't mean you can't self-publish it yourself because what they think is not good enough, others think this is an amazing book. And you're doing both. You're self-publishing yes, your comic series and then you're working with a major publishing house. So never give up anybody. Yeah, Continue to move forward. Continue to do the drive. Yeah, and it's definitely the, uh, uh, for example, for like comic series, you start off in serials, so that's monthly, and then it finishes off and you have this collected version, uh, which I'll be pitching to companies. I'll be like, here's a complete story. You pitch it to them. Mm -hmm. And I definitely, uh, if you have something that you're writing, I think, you know, self-publishing should be, uh, if you don't think it's, if you think it's good enough, totally send it to as many people as you can. Yes. Send it to as many publishing houses. Uh, you can get an agent, get an agent, help them get you in, uh, produce a portfolio at least, you know, have a collection of short stories, have a collection of poems, maybe have a mini novella, uh, pages of art. I mean, it's how, it's how you just bump into the industry. It won't happen unless put the effort in and that's what I did I literally submitted to 15 different publishers and I got offers from 10 out of 15 and it just took finding the right publisher uh, to do mm -hmm. and that happened with my other books and I found a good publisher Fulton, uh, Fulton Books and I've published three books already for them and uh, I have my comic serial which when it's finished then I'll be pitching that to other companies yes. and uh, uh, so it starts off because it depends on the type of story, but you know, think of like, for example, my comments is serial, so it's only part of the story so far. Once yeah. I have the whole story, then I'll go ahead and submit it. So, uh, same thing with poetry. If you have the you know, uh, media outlet, or you know, like a Patreon or like a following page, you can put like little snippets of your collections out there. And if they gain a lot of attention, if they gain a lot of reposts, then think about putting a manuscript together. So that's stuff that you haven't thrown out there and then throw in some of your really popular stuff uh, so you could be like hey it's in a book now and I could pitch it to this company there you go uh, so there's just a bunch of ways to get ideas together to make I there you go you froze uh, a little bit you there put the effort in. you just need to put the effort in, you just exactly. need to, put the effort in uh, to make it happen yeah so true so true um Putting the effort in, in anything in life is what you need to do to continue to inspire and to move forward with life in general. Yeah. Um, when you love what you do, you really come forth. I should give a shout out. I love, yes! Must see another poet in the house. <laughs> Hello, gorgeous. Yes. How are you? Oh, I see. So we're just talking. I... Yeah, we were just talking. Um, like, so for example, Sheba's page is an excellent page. It's incredible. It's out there for people to read. And then you can put it together and make a book out of it. So it's like, you know, all these different ideas. Like, she's helping people every day from posting her stuff. She is. I was a little bit of a bastard and published mine in a book and not put it online. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's there's different ways to get your word out there. There is different ways. But she, um, we did share our our publishing house with her and I truly want her to send her work in because I know it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the point. We're supposed to uplift other, we're supposed to uplift other authors and creators mm -hmm. and writers to get to the point where we're at. And then 
Yes. So you're, you would hope that they'd be able to share that, that journey with you and like get you, uh, you know, eventually work together. Like for me, I, I'm working with artists constantly on my uh, graphic series. So I have my own personal stuff that I can publish myself and do that. But um, when I'm sharing this journey on a uh, story-wise, like I have the scripts and I write it like a movie. Mm -hmm. So I write it like a movie script. So there's scenes, and there's panels, uh, and I give it off to my two artists, Dom and Jake, and then they bring it to life and they make it what happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you read my first comic, you know. It's, it's incredible. But it, same thing with Blackjack. Blackjack. Blackjack was a collaboration. It was with you and Joseph and... I well, I, we didn't do the writing. We were just the artist. <laughs> no, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, but it's the, it's the, without the art, I mean, it'd just be writing on mm -hmm. a page. Yes, it's beautiful words, but like, you know, having the art next to it helps it a lot. Yeah. So is there another one that you can read to our audience so they have an idea of um, what the book is about and when it's finally released at um, Barnes and Noble and on EPUB and Amazon and God, the list is huge of yeah, how so many I places it's going. Um, give us another reading, the please. Ones, the big ones. The big ones are, yeah, I'll do that uh, just a moment. Uh, so it'll be available in two weeks and the book's called Blackjack 20 and Modern Poetry. It'll be on Amazon, both physical and digital, so it'll be on Kindle and physical print, so you okay. can copy. It'll be on Barnes & Noble's website, digital and physical. It'll be on Red Border, which is the European-style uh, Barnes & Noble, so it's international, mm -hmm. so everybody in the world can have it. And then it'll be on Apple iBooks, it'll be on Google Play, and then we are doing an audible transmission, I believe. So there will be an audiobook for people who can't read it. Yes. Like if you're, if you're blind, you can be able to listen to it. Um, so that's really cool. Very uh, cool. And it's going to be, it's everywhere. It's kind of everywhere. So that's kind of the fun part about it. It's going everywhere. And then I'll be going to local indie bookstores. Yes. I'm a huge indie, local business, small business indie bookstore. So I'm def definitely going to be going around to those where I live. Uh -huh. and, uh, Doing your, yeah, books your book signings, which is going to be amazing. Yeah, you have yeah, your comic book. And then uh, yeah, Fulton so Books also has, hopefully the quarantine will be over when these are finally, comp they're, they're out there. And Fulton Books has huge book, yeah, um, book tour. tours for you and for me and that's going to be incredible if we're both on the same tour together with your yeah, books you know the, and my book, the book, fair. the book fairs and everything. So everyone, please pray that this mm -hmm. coronavirus, the book fairs are huge too. yes. So you may see us one day in your town or somewhere nearby and you can finally meet us. So they with that, huh? They should come say hi. They should they come, should say, come hi. say hi. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so Robbie, are you going to be selling your, are you going to be selling your author copies through your Instagram for a signature that you would send out so, to your privates? Yeah. So I have a, uh, starting tomorrow, actually, I'm doing a giveaway and it's going to go over the course of the weekend. Uh, so it'll be from Friday through Sunday. And I'll be giving away one of the early 
author copies. And guess what? You get a coffee date, or you know, uh, if you live far away, you get like a video chat date, and we'll talk about as much as you want to talk about the book. And uh, you know, we can have coffee over the television, or hopefully we can meet up someplace and wear our masks and drink coffee. And uh, yes, we'll be getting signed version and all that, but I'll be doing giveaway announcing tomorrow on my page. So if anybody who's listening in right now, uh, please follow my page uh, on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle, Robbie underscore Deshays underscore. Uh, I have all the news up there, and I'll be doing giveaway of my author copies. So this will be a free book. If you guys want to read my stuff, this will be a chance to earn a free book. It's a giveaway. Like, okay. So, but um, but what I was saying was that's amazing. Thank you for doing a giveaway to all the viewers and um, the warriors out there, um, and the poets and the writers and everybody whoever gets the book for free. Congratulations! And you'll have a date with Robbie either in person or via. Instagram call um, coffee time but then what if someone writes to you Robbie you know I want to buy an author copy from you have you set up a link where they can do that order the book from you where it's signed to them and then mailed out to them uh, almost uh, I'm working on a website right now I'm waiting okay. to get a few more content uh, a little few more content pages a little more um, so I'll be waiting on, I'll be having, uh, our contracts, unfortunately, through both of my publishers don't allow us to sell it personally through like other big vendors. Uh, but I'll have a, like a reach out to me on social media and if I have copies, then I would totally send them out, uh, for, you know, like signed versions and all okay, that. Okay, great. Uh, and then when I have book signings, uh, obviously keep people alerted on that. And I'll have obviously a bunch of copies with me at those, and then you'll be able to sell them there. Perfect. That's awesome. Okay, so go ahead and pick out one of the poems that we can hear right now. Yeah. Perfect. So this one's called Harmony, Dancing in the Stars, uh, and it's on page 54. If you want to tune in, it actually has a page of your artwork on it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so this one is. Basically, music. It's uh, how does music affect the way I think? And I listen to a lot of different music. I listen to soundtracks and rock and roll and metal and punk and a lot of you know a lot of hip hop, R and B, piano mm -hmm. bar, blah, blah blah, all that good stuff. But this one's called Dancing in the Stars, and it's pretty much just dancing under the moonlight. Mm -hmm. Here it goes. Music plays. Concord is mellow. A tune strikes while the rhythm quickens. I've never experienced this before. Harmony. A tune that continues on and on and on, like cascading waves on the beach. The moonlight hovers over the sound, and the natural tunes produced are so delightful that I stop. Halted, I look. I listen. I absorb. It's synchronous. It's harmonic. It's jab. Hips sway, heads bob, hands dance, feet shake. An ensemble that has been waiting for too long to come together. I hope to live in this forever. A world without music or sound is barren, but I choose to become one with the harmony of it all. A collection of emotion and rhythm that is blissful, eternal, and well, harmonious. That was beautiful. That's it. Absolutely beautiful. So I actually drew a dancer dancing with like flowing stuff and then Robbie yeah. added to my art 
with like seeing through a glass window and it's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was seeing it through like a stained glass window. Cause you know, when you're like looking outside in, mm -hmm. it was very much so, you know how like when you were in the shower and you sing or you dance, it was yeah. like a moment of just like looking through and like it's yourself looking at yourself, just being in the happy, looking in the mirror. It's like when you're dancing, you're free. And when you just have that really good rhythm and it's, and it's that harmony of you, with the music and you with the floor and you with somebody else uh it's those like you know beautiful little moments that i really dig like you know when you watch when your hand uh sweeps on somebody else or your foot graces the ground because you're transitioning to another dance move just like those little moments of harmony are like beautiful so that was like kind of like the little snippet of how i think of music when i listen to it and i always have music on when i write so that's an important thing for me that is, yes, you do always have music on. Um, okay, can you give us another one? Uh, yeah. It's, uh... Okay, this one, uh, this one's actually one of my favorites. This was one of the late editions when I was putting together my manuscript. It was one I actually wrote on a fairly uh, uh, uncertain day. I wasn't feeling too good in the head and uh, it's actually on the positive side because it was me forcing myself to think about it in a different way. Okay. So this one's called Words and Subtitles Wisdom. Uh, here it goes. Do people change? Or is the world around them that changes? Who's to tell you the answer? No one except yourself. People can change. It's hard. Trust me. I was something that I've now since surpassed. It took a lot of time time that I never thought I had. As I changed, the world around me did as well. I stopped looking for the bad, the hate, the evil, and instead, I found something more beautiful than any star in the sky. I found myself. I found myself in this cave that was no longer filled with remnants of my past. Instead, this place was filled with writing on the wall. The wall stated, for those who wish to listen, listen. For those who wish to heal, Take the action necessary. Finally, for those who wish to become, you're almost there. Words of wisdom through self-discovery. That was beautiful. That was it. Very beautiful. Thank you for sharing that one with us. So. Any advice? Yeah, that one definitely was, it was beautiful. Uh, like when I, when I finished writing it, I knew that one had to go in because I was playing words of, it, you know, like, words of wisdom, so that's why the main title is words, because words are wisdom in itself, the subtitle is wisdom. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you imagine yourself, you know when you, like, find, like, random writing in places, like, perfume, yeah, yeah, uh, or, you know, art and all that stuff, and that's where I came up with the, you know, when the, also the classic idiom, the writing's on the wall, like, you know, it's right in front of your face. And so it was you taking that time to silence your mind, silence your emotions, and paint a cave in your head. And instead of putting art, just write something that you want to happen, and it will happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why I said uh, it was something, and I changed myself for the better, because the world around me will change, but it won't change me. I will only change myself, because that's the only thing that will help me change. So, so that's, true. that was my... And that's what I, I fully believe in that. So that's kind of, that's why words of wisdom I really, really like. That was beautiful. Thank you for explaining it as well. 
um, words of wisdom goes back to the first time anyone ever wrote a letter. That, like, how many years ago was that, Robbie? Yeah, century, what century? You know, I mean, the first carving on a wall from the Mayans to what we do today, it's it's telling the story in the very... Earlier than that, well, they All right, well, then yeah. help me out here, because all I can think of is the Mayans. <laughs> Well, no. So, like, I actually studied this. I studied art history, and uh, art history Neanderthal, uh, Neanderthal early, early pre civilization, like pre Babylon, pre Sumeria, pre Mayan, pre all that. Uh, they had cave paintings, and the mm -hmm. earliest paintings were animals, and they were of women. And it was because women were the matriarchs. It was always. Humanity started as a matriarchy. I don't know how it turned to a patriarchy. I mean, I do, but it should have stayed a matriarchy. <laughs> uh, but it was always those. And then underneath a lot of the early cave paintings were random scribbles of words. Mm -hmm. And it was like fertility and love and hope and compassion. So, you know, stuff that has stuck with humanity for years. And it always needs a woman to kind of kick her ass to realize, hey, it's been there since the beginning. So, that kind of stuff. Cheers to us women! <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that was a good one. I kind of, I really like that. Thank you, Robbie. <laughs> um, so let's also tell our viewers that you are a daredevil. Uh, you're a motorcycle rider. You have been racing for Ducati. Uh, you are a world traveler. You, you have really lived your life very well in a short time span of 22 years of your, uh, since the day you were born. Yeah. Um, you have been, you have almost died three times in your life. You faced tragedy. You have gone through turmoils, up and down, love, family, you name it. At 22 years old, you you really have lived your life. So, with that being said, mm -hmm. what's your next adventure? Because we already know you've got three other books in printing. You, we know you've got your comic book series going. Oh, man. Do you really want to go back to riding motorcycles again and racing? Do you want to continue to travel the world. Where is your next step in the next 10 years of you seeing your life moving forward as a well-known author and continuing from there? Um, I probably, I won't go back to racing. Um, it's, it's more of the I want to travel more often, so I won't have as much time to like you know go to the track and race. Mm -hmm. uh, motorcycles will always be a part of my life, and every time, every chance I have to ride a motorcycle, I will ride, uh, whether I'm away or here. Um, but in terms of riding, I'm going to travel more. Uh, go to finish school. Going to finish uh, hopefully where I want to go, and uh, uh, then after that, I'm probably going to travel. I won't settle down for a while. I will write on the go, uh, live from kind of hut to hut, and uh, go to different parts of the world that not a lot of people want to go to, and you know learn about different cultures. So mm -hmm. I become more worldly. I become more open. I love uh, that. Because I believe that will help with my writing. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what I want to do. That's incredible. And, you know, being able to travel the world is incredible. And um, just meeting people yeah, in general. Yeah, I really wanted to, uh, yeah, there's a really, uh, there's a virtual experience I want to go to Eastern Asia. Where is that? Uh, called Fogel. And it's in Kathmandu. So it's kind of south of Tibet, a little bit north of India. And uh, it's in a it's very small uh, place. It's pretty much mountain mountain ranges, and a lot of different uh, monks, generally monks and Buddhists and Hindus, live there. And there's this ritual that I want to undergo to basically expunge every last bit of hate and fear from my mind. Wow! It's a Thirty day isolation ritual. So that's definitely on my list uh, to do uh, across when I you know when I can. So you said expunged from your mind. So this ritual yeah, is supposed so to 30, day. 30 days and they help you release all of the negativity the, the, to disponge everything? Or do you feel like we still really hold on to that in our soul? Yeah, so basically you... No, you kind of... It's you... It's not ridding yourself of memory. It's not ridding yourself of pain. It's more ridding yourself of anxiety, depression of the future. Okay. So you still have all the stuff that you had, but it's more hopeful to give you hope. Like you eat away everything that's kind of been eating at you for years, and you use that to turn it to positive thought. So basically, you shed yourself of all earthly things. So clothes, uh, you know, you only have limited food and you have limited water basically stuff that you just need to survive uh, and you sit in a cave for 30 days and you meditate literally the entire day and day 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 after day after day and it's just you with yourself eating away every single thing that you like and eating like so basically foundationing the good stuff and then like getting rid of the bad stuff that's it's incredible but it's very intense ritual yeah wow that's incredible. I, I don't know if I could do that. 30 days yeah, in a cave. Yeah, so like it challenges the mind. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's to basically, it's the power of the soul, it's the power of the will uh, to defeat earthly and physical pleasure. It's to basically uh, go on the road to Dharma, it's the road to enlightenment that Hindus and Buddhists always talk about mm -hmm. it's to basically get that equilibrium in your life that you've always looked for. That's incredible. I almost wish it could come here <laughs> instead of having to go there. Like, is there one closer for people, or do you have to go that far away? <laughs> well, no, it's, it's good to go that far away and isolate yourself. I mean, you could do it anywhere. Uh, like if you just go to like, you know, uh, someplace that's isolated and someplace you won't be bothered for 30 days. Mm -hmm. and so the thing about going to Kathmandu is when you, when you do it, you have monks who visit you and they don't talk because it's isolated and they give you your water and your food and then they leave. And so you have minimal physical, uh, interaction with humans in contact because you're supposed to be with yourself. 
So that's kind of the point is you're not supposed to like go up and travel. You're supposed to conserve all your energy and put it in yourself. Wow. And that's what you kind of have to do. So, I mean, it'd be hard to do it in other places. Yeah. It, that kind of reminds me a little bit about my interview with um, Dr. Shauna Shapiro when she was trying to find herself before she even wrote the book, Good Morning, I Love You. Um, she was healing from a very tragic um, injury and um, went to the monks and she was practicing how to find herself. And the mon one monk said to her, you're not yeah. practicing, you know, this, you're practicing the negative and you need to get back onto the positive and it's all in her book but that reminds me of what she actually experienced and she came back home and yes. became a professor teaches at school and is a well-known writer and author it's incredible so i wish you well on that adventure and i'm not gonna like it because i won't be able to talk to you for 30 days but um that would be an incredible adventure for you yes wow all right so what do you as robert joseph deshaies believe you uh are your strongest qualities in life first off i want to say thank you to danny for putting that great comment. That Aww, means a lot. Thank you. Uh, uh, never stop trying, honestly. It, poetry, it doesn't have to be stanza. As long as you put emotion into words behind everything you think, it will, be, it will come into something beautiful. Uh, that's my little advice for you, Danny. Um, but thank you again. Uh, so my strongest attributes. Um, I'm definitely willful. I will, if I want it to happen, I've learned to make it happen. Uh, so I put, so if I need a little kick in the butt, I write it down and I write it down in my journal. So every time I open up my journal, everything, everything I wrote down, I see it and it reminds me because every time you need, you, so you need that reminder every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if I can like flip back and see another reminder I put down, uh, definitely willful, uh, creative, um, I like to expand my mind. I like to think of things that not a lot of people want to think about. I like to look at things in different interpretations that yeah. somebody necessarily wouldn't see from what's being written. Uh, I like to learn, so I'm always reading. I'm always learning. I'm always doing research on uh, other things. Um, and I would say I'm confident in myself. That's probably my four biggest traits that I would be proud of. Uh, I believe that can be, be where I want to be uh, and where I want to go. And I just have to keep believing in that. And that's kind of like that hope mixed with confidence. I love that. And, you know, that was from a good upbringing, but that was also from finding myself and finding who I want to be. Yeah. Thank you with that. That was a good ending. We have 34 seconds left. So I would really like to just say um, thank you, Robert, for sharing this hour with us reading the beautiful poetry everybody you can go online to um fulton books soon but it will be in the bookstores in two weeks and so stay tuned for further updates everybody. Yeah. yeah stay tuned for further updates on my page as well as robert's page and keep inspiring everybody in the world believe in yourself and believe that you are capable of doing anything thank you robert Thank you.